Work is no longer just about productivity and metrics. It's about people. And when we focus on positivity, communication, belonging, and development, the numbers take care of themselves. This is Work Human Radio, where we talk to authors, researchers, and business leaders about the latest trends making work more human around the world. Here's your host, Mike Wood. So, Erica, I just want to start off with just talking to you as a welcome. Welcome back to Work Human Radio. Uh, you were at Work Human, I believe, the second year we had Work Human, correct? Yeah, the last couple of years, last year and the year before. Oh, great. So you have a new book out, Bring Your Human to Work, which we love. And can you just tell me a little bit about like what that experience was like and getting it out there and kind of like where you've been? Because I saw you were uh, talking to Katie Keurig lately, right? I was, I was. So the book came out on September 25th and Katie interviewed me for the launch in New York City. And since then, I have been traveling around, going everywhere from Microsoft to Zillow to, you know, banks and law firms and, you know, all different kinds of companies all over the country. And one of the things that I'm seeing more and more is that companies are focused on creating a more human workplace for a couple of reasons. Number one, and a huge reason is that millennials, which, as you know, will make up 75% of the workforce by 2025 and 50% of the workforce by 2020, which is literally right around the corner, they are demanding a very different type of workplace. And they want a workplace that's focused on connection and meaning and something purpose and something bigger than themselves. And so even if leaders at one point did not focus on what many people talk about as the soft stuff, I would now venture to say that the soft stuff is really the hard stuff and the important stuff in this new world of work. That's great, because I've talked a little bit at the past in some of the speaking that I've done about how not everybody's working at the local steel mill for the next 50 years, where you know there's a lot of choice of where you can go. If you hate a job, you might go through a rough patch, but you can leave. So employers mm-hmm. need to kind of offer a great place for people to work. So we have a lot of listeners on the program. So what's one key takeaway that they can use to help their workplaces? Well, one of the things I often say is that in this digital age, left to our own devices, you know, excuse the the cheesy pun, we're not connecting. And so the one thing everyone can and should think about, whether you're managing people or are an individual contributor, is that you need to honor relationships. And that's with your colleagues, with your clients and customers, but also with yourselves. And what that means is to think about how to leverage all that's amazing about technology, but also making sure that you put that technology in its place to connect on a deeper level. That's great. Now, why do you think there is this focus now? I mean, I've seen it really ramp up in the last couple of years. Is it because there seems to be a lot more negativity out there in the world? Or why do you think companies are really focusing on this now? I love that question. And what's so interesting about it is as I began studying the challenges and the changes in culture and how people connect at work in this digital age, as technology has increased, and maybe you've seen this as well with your work, is that I kept seeing the word human popping up over and over and over. And, you know, in mainstream media and publications, more and more people 
we're talking about the importance of bringing your whole self to work. I was curious about that as well. You know, why now and why is everybody talking about this? And what I found is that the more connected we are via technology, the more we're also realizing that something is missing, you know, personally and professionally. So under Obama, the Surgeon General came out with a study that found that the biggest health risk facing our country is not smoking. It's not secondhand smoke. It's loneliness and isolation. And we spend a lot of our days at work. And so it's more and more important for us to figure out how to curate those kinds of connections in our personal life, but also at work because we're spending a lot of time there. And to your point before, you know, people can leave a company if they don't feel it. And I'm doing this interview right now from Seattle where there are tons of great companies from Starbucks to Nordstrom to Microsoft to Zillow. And the compensation piece is a commodity. You can go across the street and have somebody pay you the same salary or a larger one. And so what differentiates these companies is everything from how companies say thank you and how they recognize performance and how much people can grow on the job. How can people work in a more flexible way? All of these new things, which actually are not so new, but again, these new generations, this is what's important to them. And that's why more and more companies are thinking about this now. So you touched a little bit on recognition. As you know, we are all about the recognition business and thanking employees and showing gratitude. What role does recognition play nowadays in the workplace? It's very important. And, you know, millennials and actually a lot of what millennials are bringing to the workplace, interesting enough, this desire for recognition, the desire for purpose and meaning at work, even though we hear about it most of the time as it relates to millennials, the data actually shows that it increases with age. So it's something that we all want. But I think as a Gen Xer, we didn't think back in the day that we were allowed. It wasn't part of what we did to think that we could get some of these other things at work. And so recognition and feedback is something that people want at work. I always say to people, it doesn't have to cost anything in terms of expressing gratitude and sharing how someone's work has impacted you and your team. It's not rocket science. It's not necessarily that easy, but it is so, so important to do. And I will say, as you know, that recognizing employees, it is clear that it impacts your bottom line. So this is not a feel good. I mean, this will move your business forward if you provide recognition and help people move their careers forward. Yeah, it does make a difference. We have lots of data to show that it does. And just kind of anecdotally, if you think about it, like if I don't tell my wife, if I don't thank her for all that she does with a toddler running around the house, destroying everything. And, you know, if I don't do that, she's going to get pretty <laughs> fed up after a while and she might, you know, just bottle it up and then lash out. But if every once in a while I'd be like, hey, Lord, I just want to thank you for everything that you do with our daughter. She is a mess and, <laughs> and uh, you help kind of contain her. But thank you. So if you add that type of daily thanks and they're kind of level sets, everything and you can really like any type of fear that you have of am I valued at this company? Is my job in line? If someone tells you you are valued, oh, OK, you have other things that you can think about and kind of move forward. Exactly. One of the other things that I have found in my research is 
that recognition is also a way to get the values of your company off the walls and into the halls is something that I often talk about. So when I'm out there meeting with companies, most companies will say they have a set of values. I'll go to a conference and I'll say, how many of your companies have the set of values? And everybody raises their hand. And then I say, keep your hands raised if those values are alive, if you know them, if you know what they mean. And I'd say at that point, about half the people will lower their hands. And so when you think about ways to get these values off the walls and into the halls, recognition can be used as a tool to do that. So I just interviewed the CEO of Away Luggage. And, you know, they're a booming, booming company. And she talked about how they have a, you know, a Slack channel that they started with, and they use it as an opportunity. They invite people to share ways and thank people for living a certain value. And thanking them is critical, but also highlighting what are the behaviors that they saw. Because as new people come into the company, you want to understand what are those behaviors that are really important and make a difference in that company. So figuring out ways to tie values to recognition systems, I think, is a very powerful tool. Great. So you will be coming back to WorkHuman this year. It's going to be great to see you again. Like, How did you get involved with the first WorkHuman that you went to and why did you attend it? You know, it's funny. I think I just saw it through some algorithm that, that you know, someone in the cyberspace was like, wow, looks like she might like this conference. And it was the second year of its existence. And I just went. I went as an attendee the first time and I was blown away. There is such a, it's different than, and I know you, I mean, you know, you're obviously, you work at Global Force, so you're involved in this, but I will say as someone who does not work for Global Force, this conference is different. And if I were to pinpoint why, it has a soul. And people are there and they want to connect. And so I was blown away by the speakers, by how open people were to sharing their stories. And I loved it so much that the next year I applied to speak. And so I spoke two years ago and I spoke again last year. So, yeah, I guess this year will be my fourth conference. And I would say they've only gotten better and better. Great. That was an unpaid endorsement. <laughs> we, we love it. It was. No, no, no. A hundred percent. I mean, again, I go to a lot of these and I do think that there is something in the air, something in the water. And I guess it's not surprising, given the research that I do and going back to the Surgeon General, the, the study that says that, you know, as connected as we are, whether it's on Facebook or on social media, we are feeling disconnected. And so going to a conference like Work Human is a way to connect with people. And when we connect with people, our bodies have a, you know, whether this is at a conference or at a meeting or you know, at Starbucks, when you look up and actually have a conversation with someone, as humans, our oxytocin goes up, which is our feel-good hormone, and our stress goes down. And we have a physiological response. So I do feel like when you come out of a conference like we're human, you're just on such a high. Yeah, I love seeing the repeat attendees kind of meet up and catch up. And we have a pretty big LinkedIn community as well. If any of our listeners haven't joined it, it's uh, the Work Human Community Forum. We're over 5,000 members now. Oh, wow. It's going to be really great to see you again. And I love hearing about all the great things that you're doing. 
if our audience wants to kind of find you, where can they find you? Sure. So my website is my name, Erica, www.erica, E-R-I-C-A, Keswin, K-E-S and Sam, W-I-N.com. Great. Well, hopefully uh, people come to Work Human and they see you and they stop by Work Human Radio and see me and we'll have you on the radio there as well. But thank you very much for this wonderful interview. All right. Thanks so much. I'll see you in March. If you want to see business leaders, culture keepers, and industry experts come together to share the latest research and ideas for making work more human, you need to be at Work Human March 18th through the 21st in Nashville. Visit WorkHuman.com to see the full lineup of speakers and reserve your spot in the number one conference of 2019.